You're listening to Father Lead. And it's come to this. I don't know about NASCAR. There it is. From the man cave of Mayhem Studios, here's Timothy Martin and Connor Bunn. And welcome into Father Lead, episode 26 of season two. I'm Timothy Martin along with Connor Bunn. We got a lot to talk about on this podcast. I mean, Talladega in itself. But uh, then we've got, you know, the big bomb that was dropped last week, the 2021 schedule. You've been begging NASCAR for it for weeks, and they finally yeah. dropped a doozy. Yeah, and they literally delivered a piece of shit to us. So uh, we'll get into that in a little bit, more or less. Take a deeper dive of that. Uh, your birthday today, 37 years old. That's one year closer to Kevin Harvick age. Kevin Harvick has almost 10 wins, and he's up in his 40s. Do you expect... To just keep hitting your prime as the years go up. <laughs> well, that would that would indicate that I'm I'm I am continuing to hit my prime as the years go up, and so I don't know. Hey, I'm getting fit and in shape and losing weight, so at 37, maybe this is like a midlife crisis. It's never too late. Maybe this I see it every day. I, I work at a gym. People come in all the time. Yeah, but I'm not really doing the gym thing. I don't do the gym thing either. I I don't really lift weights. I'm just not eating. Okay, well, that's even worse. You know, I'm not eating, and I'm, I'm, you don't eat, I'm, then I'm you're... walking and playing golf and walking in 100-degree weather and you know carrying a big golf bag and walking four miles up and down hills and not eating. So just cardio and nothing, nothing diet. You're on the nothing diet. No keto. No oh, well, you know, you know what I – I mean, you know what my diet is. It's – well, I mean, I basically Grass. eat one meal a day, like, like uh, leaves and, and salad dressing. And, you know, the other day I, I made a salad. First time I'd ever done this, I made a salad. And I guess it had tomatoes in it and stuff. And instead of a, instead of salad dressing, I just squeezed a lemon over the over the salad and used over that the whole as, salad. Over the whole salad, I squeezed mm. a lemon, and that was the dressing. Wow. Whew. So pretty much your diet is uh, salad greens, homemade croutons. I've some only done ranch. that. No, I've only done the homemade croutons once. I haven't had a lot of ranch lately. And, and some Smoky Mountain snuff. Is that is that the diet of Timothy Martin? <laughs> no, you're forgetting Brussels sprouts. <laughs> and Brussels sprouts are now French style green beans. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, it's a pretty good diet. I don't know how we got on the topic of diet that it's your birthday. Well, no birthday cake today? Question prime. mark. No cheesecake. I have a uh, I have a um, Reese's Dairy Queen birthday cake downstairs mm. in the freezer. Have you dug into it yet? Yeah. Is it good? Yeah. Where'd you get it from? Dairy Queen. I just said that. Reese's oh, Dairy well, Queen birthday cake. I mean, I know you can get, like, I thought you could get stuff like that at, like, Kroger's or... Oh, I, did, I went to Dairy Queen and got it. So it's oh. a Reese's Blizzard Dairy Queen cake. I forgot Roanoke even had a Dairy Queen. Well, and have, it's not too far from where I live, to be honest. Well, kind of well, not really. Well, you've got one closer to you. I've got... And then there's two. There's one over there off there's Orange. Two. There's one off Orange. And then there's the one off... Um, uh, in, like, near, Salem. No, near... Well, there may be one in Salem, but the one near... Um, so is there three then? Brandon Avenue, like uh, where the Peters Creek Road extension is. That's, uh, uh, I guess that's kind of where I'm talking about, but it's, I thought it was more so over towards Salem. No, it's right by, you know, it's, it's yeah, maybe right, three. Right I don't know. It's right near I never go to Dairy Queen. I might have to dig into some of that cake. Uh, yeah. I forgot about the cake. Glad afterward. you mentioned it. Um, as I'm munching on an apple right now. Well, that'll, you know, that'll pot. offset the calories from the cake. Yeah. They say an apple a day keeps a doctor away. But it's not keeping these pimples away. I don't know what happened. I shaved today, and I looked at my face, and I look like a pepperoni pizza. Where? Right on the cheeks. I think you're a little paranoid about it. A little bit. I don't know. It's about that time of year when I my face nothing. gives up on me a little bit. Not sure what um, you're talking about. Like, just, do you look in the mirror and see something else? Because there's no pimples on your face. Well, I don't know. Maybe 
I don't know. Just like a red blemish. Yeah, maybe I just need to get more plastic I mean, surgery. Your idea, your thought of a pimple is not what normal people think of pimple. I hold myself to it's a like, high standard. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking big white head on the side oh, of the no. face, ready to pop and splatter all over the mirror. No, 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 no. No. I mean, you just you don't even ever get to that point. Nah. No, I try not to get to that point at least. Man, I had pretty bad. Pretty bad acne in high school, as yeah. did a lot of people. I was fortunate. I did not. I would have one zit pop up here and there, you know, and that was it. Yeah. I don't know. I go through, I go through like big waves where my face will be like really clear. And then like for like two or three days, it'll all just hit me in like one wave, like a big old storm. It and can then... also be stuff you eat too, I hear. But my diet is, is clean. It's more so what I... Chocolate gives you pimples. Yeah, but I don't really eat chocolate like that. So, and the only chocolate I eat is, like, dark chocolate. Usually, like, and dark chocolate's actually pretty healthy for you. Uh, like, 72% dark chocolate. Yes. Um, so, uh, I don't know. Because I mainly eat fruits and veggies and protein, and all I drink is water. So, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's whatever. I think it's genetic-based, maybe. Who knows? That's part of it, too. Although, yeah, yeah I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I just I've need been... plastic surgery. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, more plastic surgery. Yeah. I can't even smile straight right now with all the plastic that's built up in my cheeks. Plastic surgery gone wrong. Speaking of surgery, oh, your yeah. your dining room went through a little bit of surgery this, this is weekend. Not the dining room. I don't know what room this is. This is the den. The den dining room. I mean, you got four of them. You got a TV in every room. You know, the house we're sitting right now is six bedroom, eight and a half bath. Let me tell you something. Does this fireplace not look awesome? It. The room looks a lot better now. I thought the walls were painted. That's how good it looks. I thought the walls were repainted. But I mean, it looks good. This is like, I when I bought this house two years ago, like the room that we're sitting in was not finished. And because they were working on making it a master bedroom on the first floor. So they actually knocked down a wall that was a bedroom and then a very small den. And now this is this huge, great room. And they started to work on the fireplace and they did not finish it. So they got kind of all the... I don't know, mortar on it and drew lines on it, which helps help stuff stick to it. But they, they left the fireplace just looking like that. And it took me finally like two, two and a half years. And finally this weekend, I had the fireplace finished. It was a job. Let me tell you something. My friend Ben and his dad came over to do it. And they started, they did not, they stopped working at 4 a.m. We, I, I didn't go to bed till 4 a.m. Stopped working at like, 4 a.m. Like, they came over on Friday evening, and they started where we ate dinner, and then they started work at, like, 7 p.m., and then... Don't they know you have, you got kids? Just Emma was here. The other two oh, were yeah, that's at, right. I had taken the other two to my grandparents, because, you know, that would have been a mess. Yeah. And so, I was up with them, do, well, I didn't do, I, I, I put two rock on there, so I'm proud to say I, I did put two rock on there, but that's it. But it was 4 a.m. before we went to bed and then got up at 10 a.m. and basically finished it. Um, I mean, I'm just completely blown away by how Is good it Hokey Stone? <laughs> yes. Hokey looks like Hokey Stone. Hokey Stone. Uh, it's, I can't, it's, I don't know what it's called, but I mean, I, I could not envision it looking any better. I'm just so yeah, looks excited good. about it. How did he differentiate which rock piece of rock went where? I mean, and he does this. So, I mean, this is something that he does as a side job, which is laying rock and his dad has done it for years. So basically you have to, I mean, you put one rock up and then you kind of take another, you know, five or six rock and you put them beside them and you kind of see how it looks. And it's not just like stick a rock, stick a rock, stick a rock. You, you, 
there's a method to it to get the colors to kind of be evenly spread out. So, I mean, you kind of go through and you look at all the rock that there there is and you lay it out and you pick which pieces go where. You don't want to put real big pieces real close to each other. You know, the big long pieces are kind of spread out. So, yeah, I mean, it was definitely a process. And Architecture. I'm like so blown away. I am so excited for this. I can finally put stockings up now. Over well, the get the fireplace rolled up. I had when it, it on cold. last night. Yeah. I don't. Know, I was afraid I was going to blow blow the house up. I kept pushing Boom. pushing the button, and I could smell the gas coming out. And I kept pushing the button. I was like, this, a gas fire. Like, this this damn thing is going to blow me right out of the house right when the fireplace gets done." Speaking of fires, uh, roommate last night washing his clothes down on the first floor. He has to he has to carry around a lighter at work to light the candles or whatever because he's a server um, at Olive Garden, everybody's favorite poor man's fancy restaurant. And um, I guess he threw his clothes in his dryer, and he. And he left his uh, lighter in his pocket of the pants that he threw in the dryer. Really? Yeah. And he washed it, or he dried it on low heat. And he opened it up, and the lighter was sitting right there. And he said, thankfully, he washed it on low heat. Because if he washed it on high heat, that could have been pretty bad. And it was, like, right after I got done having the conversation with him, excuse me, that sometimes I'm at work and I worry, like, if some bonehead on the first or second floor is going to, like, put ramen in the microwave with... Or put a biscuit in the microwave with, you know, frozen and, like, start a whole fire of the complex and my poor cat is stuck there and all my stuff's stuck there. So you're at work worried about your apartment burning down? Yeah, just sometimes when I'm bored at work and you just start overthinking and stuff because he, he could be out of your control. I mean, you gotta, you gotta oh, yeah. I mean, have... A plane could crash into the house right now. Unlikely, though, and they'd probably take out the whole neighborhood if that, <laughs> that were the case. So, yeah, I don't know. He just... <laughs> Oh, I mean, my daughter almost burnt the house down the other day, so I know what you're talking about. So we would have both been homeless, but thank God we have vehicles, right? Well, there's a house to buy next door. I would have bought that one. Oh, yeah. That run-down piece of crap. Who would want to live there? I did for 15 years. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Uh, So um, you want to talk about, you've got something to say. Oh, yes. Do I have something? Roll up your sleeves. Clear your ears out. Uh, there was a review left. Oh. Last week's episode. Oh, is that what we're talking about? Oh, I, well, what's the demolition of NASCAR? Oh, yeah, we'll get into this. Okay. Oh, we'll get into that. That's okay. The, that's just the hint about the 2021. Okay, so you do. You, you tell people all the time. If you have any thoughts, you know, let us know. Uh, and by the way, you can follow us on social media at For The Lead. Um, and, and Connor's always trying to get, you know, feedback and, and that type of thing. Uh, on social media, and um, so we had, uh, after the podcast last week, we had a comment come in from our good friend Tim Phillips, and... Uh, name drop in here. Well, you're going to leave a bad comment, we're going to name drop. Yeah, so, you know, and here, here it goes. I turned another episode off before the end. You guys complain the whole time. Have we been complaining at all this podcast? I've done a fair share of complaining, but I feel like it has been warranted. I haven't complained at all this podcast so far. Also, Bubba Wallace has nothing to do with Jimmy not getting recognized this season. I agree they need to talk about Jimmy more this year, but one doesn't have to do more with the other. And who complains more than the driver of the 18, question mark? Connor does. This reflects the energy you guys put out on the podcast each week. Okay, my rant is over now. Connor? Uh, Take it easy. What was his name? Tim Phillips. Settle down. Yes. All right, well, let me see the message so I can kind of pick it apart here as I pick Mr. 
Tim apart. All right. It wasn't that. So I mean, he started. Connor he, does not like. Let's just start out by saying Connor does not like to be criticized. All right. I, I won't say I don't like to be you criticized, like but if you're going to come at me, come correct. Um, so he said he turned off another episode before the end, which I don't believe because some of the stuff he he uh, hinted on here throughout his paragraph, you would have to listen to the end to listen to all the stuff I complained about. So I don't believe that. Um, Bubba with the Jimmy thing, you know, whatever, that's his opinion. Um, and then th- this just seems to be a common, like, run-to with, uh, you know, people complaining about me on, on here is – uh, often comparing me to the driver of the 18 car, which happens to be Kyle Busch and who complains more, yada, yada, yada. I mean, if you can sit here, you know, first off, I'll say this is our pe- podcast platform. Like, this is our show. Um, I have every right to come up on here and air out my opinion, negatively or positively, how I feel about NASCAR. That's the whole purpose of me having this, you know, platform. If you want to go you know, watch and listen to a bunch of yes men who are going to ride the coattails of every decision NASCAR does. You can go watch any other NASCAR YouTuber on, um, on the internet or, you know, any other podcast or whatever, but I'm not here to sit here and praise NASCAR for every decision and stroke their tails and, you know, say that everything's just all, all great and dandy when I, when I've been a fan of the sport for over half of my life and I see the sport heading in a direction that I'm just really not happy with and I have the opportunity to get up on partly my platform and express my opinion, I'm going to do so, whether you agree with it or not. But nonetheless, it got your attention and you probably took 30 minutes out of your day to construct that paragraph. And for that, Whoa, let's calm down now. So thank you, Tim Phillips, for leaving the review so, of the week. Anybody else who wants to leave a, leave a review, you will be shouted out. Um, you will be hunted down. You'll be hunted. We've already we've already tracked this guy's IP. Oh, I know he's don't say crap right like now. that. I know he's listening right now. Tim, I'm actually up in a tree <laughs> right across the street from your house. Come meet me out here, fisticuffs. Moving on. Are you talking to him or me? Both. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so yeah, but uh, you know, Tim, we appreciate your comments, and uh, we'll 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 use the, that that. Precious feedback as we construct future podcasts. I don't say we. It's usually this time of year that we get the, you know, it's yeah, like last year, I remember I made the Blaney Squirrel Finds a Nut uh, comment. That's right, you did. And it, it's usually around this year when we get the the, the reviews in, because this, this is a high so rating. It's a ratings period. Yeah, this is a ratings period. People really want their opinions and stuff. I would be very interested to see who this guy's a fan of. Brad Kozlowski. Brad Kozlowski. Okay. We've been really nice to Brad. I've been really nice to Brad. Yeah. If anything, I mean, he should be enjoying this season because just like any other crooked over Mountain Dew drinking redneck, uh, you know, half the win on Sunday is just, you know, seeing Kyle wreck. So, I don't know. Um, yeah, we've been nice to Brad this year. So, whatever. Sorry All you don't right. enjoy the show, Tim, but I know you're listening right now. So, thanks. All right, so we've got uh, the pretty big news that hit last week. The new 2021 schedule, and they didn't release it by oh, pieces. I mean, they, they released it kind of by pieces throughout the day, but they, they really dropped dropped it the night before. Of, uh, you know, They gave, I guess, an exclusive to one of the papers, or they got the insight. And uh, you're not really happy with it. I nope. mean, you've got way bigger of a problem with it than I do. So, we're gonna ru- so here's kind of the run-through. I mean, uh, okay, I'm not happy with Bristol going to dirt. We're going to talk about each one of these but i'm just going to give the quick run through bristol going to dirt for the spring race they're going to coda which is where f1 runs in texas they're going to road america they haven't raced there since like the 50s 
and that's going to be on the 4th of July. They are no longer doing NASCAR's crown jewel of driving the Brickyard 400 around the famed bricks. Although they will be going over the bricks, it will be as a road course. In reverse. In reverse. Chicagoland will no longer have a race on the Cup Series schedule, at least for next year. That sucks. Kentucky, which I was really shocked about, no longer will have a race on the NASCAR schedule. Uh, that was shocking. I mean, because wasn't Kentucky going to be the best, biggest race of According all time? According to Bruton Smith, it had the potential of being the biggest date on the NASCAR schedule. And to that, Jimmy Spencer wanted to put Bruton Smith in a straitjacket. <laughs> Darlington, I think we can agree. We're excited about this. It's it's second a date, second yeah. date. And then they're going to be going to the, what is it, the one-mile Nashville or one-mile Nashville track, not the short track, but Nashville Super yeah, Speedway. Yeah, Nashville or... Super Speedway. All right, so let's talk about Bristol first. I don't like this. Trash. I'm not watching. You're not going to watch. No. You're not going to the Bristol Dirt Race. No. You? You're not going to go to the Bristol Dirt Race. No. You, you want to get covered in dirt? Wow. No. I'm not well, going. If we no. said, how are you going to get covered in dirt if you not said Not going, high? not watching. This is just seems like a mess all around. For one, like, why are we taking the best short track and covering it with dirt? No matter when Bristol is, whether it's in the spring and you got half the stands full because it's cold outside, it rains... Yada, yada, yada. That's not going to change whether there's dirt on the track. Um, or if it's in, you know, August, September. Regardless, the racing is amazing. And why do we cherish Bristol so much? Is because we only get it once in a blue moon. We only get it twice a year. This time we got lucky. Or this year we got lucky three times a year with the All-Star Race. But it wasn't that long of a race. So, you know, whatever. Anytime you can get Bristol on the schedule, fans cherish it and they love it. So, what do we do? We take the best track that probably gets the most hype besides... Talladega and the Daytona 500 and we throw dirt over it and tell the boys to go at it. I don't understand. And the what's even more pissing on this mood or this move is the fact that Fox pushed this. You know why Fox pushed it? Is because they're going to be the ones covering it. Well, correct. And they need their numbers up because God forbid Mike Joy and Jeff so do you mind. not think this is going to be a, 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 an unbelievable ratings no. race? No, you I think don't. Think it's going to be a dud? No. I think it's I think it's gonna be a dud. These guys have never, aside from Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell, who will probably run up front most of the race because let's be honest, Kyle Larson is going to the forty eight. Let's stop lying to yourself if you're saying that's not gonna happen. They're probably gonna be the ones to dominate. Everybody else who's in the field has never raced on dirt. Nobody's raced on dirt in a cup car. So it's like, A, why are we going on dirt to oh, Bristol? That's not true. Uh, Austin Dillon won the Truck Series race uh, on NL Dora. But not in Cup. These cup cars are heavy as all get out, and they have heavy From brakes. From what I do understand, though, it's not going to be as banked as, as it is now because they're going to fill up the bottom part more than they do the top part to level the corners out a little bit. Well, I imagine they do that. I mean, because you can't – there's no possible way right. you'd be able to throw so a So it's going to be – it's not going to be nearly banked like as that. much as yeah. Bristol is. So – but still, even with, you know, Austin Dillon running the truck series race at Eldora, like if they want a cup dirt race, then why don't they go to a dirt track? and drive fans to that area instead of you know you throw dirt in my opinion i think you throw dirt on bristol and what where they were march april whenever they usually race bristol say it's cold and rainy you're still in my opinion not gonna fill the stands all the way are they gonna race in the born down rain why wouldn't they on dirt i mean i mean i mean i guess you technically can on dirt but it does that guarantee that fans are going to sit in the stands no. No. I mean, 
it's it doesn't make sense to me. Like I would love to know the thinking uh, behind this move because from what I've read, nobody is really happy about. It. I mean, you got like two or three people that are happy. I mean, about I thought it. though Stewart wanted the Cup Series at Eldora. I mean, I thought that was. I mean, would you have a problem with that? Not no, not as much as I do at Bristol because it's Bristol. Like it's Bristol, baby. Honestly, yeah. So. Like in, we hyped up throwing new new tracks on the schedule. We want new tracks. We want a new. We want more short tracks. Like everybody asks for more short tracks, and in return we put dirt over the best short track. We don't really get any more short tracks, and we oversaturate the schedule with road courses. Six out of thirty-six races is not oversaturating. Okay, but what, what happened with the mile and a half boom? They started out slow, and then half the schedule was mile and a half. This is. We're on the exact same path. Well, all of F1 is road courses. Okay, but the racing is phenomenal. And they don't go to these super speedways and all this stuff and short tracks. I mean, like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, NASCAR clearly didn't listen to the fans because nobody, I can assure you nobody asked, or the large majority did not ask for dirt on Bristol. And I'm not sure. I mean, people wanted more road courses, but six of them? I think three to four would have been like fine so you're not happy with going to coda coda i'm okay with that's one of the ones that i like coda roval sonoma Watkins Glen. those are the four that i would have kept and and also keep in mind the bush clash is a road course so that's what seven yeah yeah well yeah but so that's don't, seven don't really well, but, but they're gonna you know we're gonna be watching seven road course races if yeah. you count the bush clash road america yeah that's a really long road Trash. course. Trash. They're going to watch. Really long road you know, they got, say there's 13, yeah, there's 13 Could cautions really there. It take, takes 10 minutes to complete one caution lap. And I think. Where is that at? It's up in Wisconsin, I believe. Um, stock car spec boys go all the time to the Xfinity race. But, but like, why NASCAR do? Look, oh, Road oh, America. Well, there's their replacement um, for Chicago Land. Then. Yeah, oh, Road America on 4th of July weekend. How cute. Well, you got a little ring to it on the name. Uh, yada, yada, yada. Like, like bullshit. Get out of here. Indy like, Road Course. No more, at least not next year, driving on the. Yeah, not high on this either. Because, like, why are you going to take a right, take away one? I believe if you get the racing right, if you get these cars right with the right package at Indy, the racing can be great. But the problem is NASCAR cannot get the package right. So the racing is a trash because they cannot get the product right. You can't pass there. You, it's, it, you just get arrow blocked on that stuff. Um, so because they can't get it right, they just get rid of the crown jewel in general and go, let's just turn them backwards and cut through the road course. I mean, I don't think that's going to bring any more fans into the stands no. in Indy no. doing that. Um, Atlanta getting a second date, which I'm actually, I actually like, I, and they're, they're actually talking about maybe a repave re, and like and a, a reconfigure of Atlanta. I'd like yeah. to see it go back to the old way that it was without the big trioval. Yeah. Didn't it look a lot like Darlington back it then? It did. It just didn't have, the corners weren't different. They were yeah. the same. Uh, but I like, I, I like that. There's talks of like a casino and like an amusement park coming yeah, there. So I don't know if that's like the push to, right. to get that to happen. I, I don't know. I, I don't like that Chicagoland was sacrificed for this type stuff. Taking away Kentucky, I'm okay with, um, because it's just aside from 2019, the, I mean, this year's race was arguably the worst race of the of the year, and I know it's going to take a hit for Toyota because their you know head manufacturing is in Lexington, Kentucky, I believe. So that's like a big that's like taking like Michigan away, which they'll never do, but you know because Ford and Chevy all up there and their headquarters all up there in Michigan. So, um. Yeah, I'm okay with taking Kentucky away. 
for sure. Uh, it sucks that Chicago Land has to be sacrificed because I believe that's one of the best mile and a half um, that we've seen. I mean, the last two races there is, that we saw there in 2018, obviously, slide job. And 2019 was was pretty interesting. And I guess we'll note on here, too, that I guess, you know, we got Auto Club taken away, but it's going to be a short track now. So how does Alex Bowman feel? Because the only two tracks he's ever won at are no longer. Well, Auto Club's not going to be taken away in 2021. Not in 2021, but for future references, the only two tracks Alex Bowman's ever won at are no longer this, a track. Basically, this was uh, – so what you're saying is this was the Alex Bowman – this was uh, this was to, to hurt Alex Bowman and to seriously help Chase Elliott. Because Pretty Chase, much. Chase is not going to have at least six wins a year. Pretty much. I mean, we're – This is the Chase Elliott NASCAR schedule. can't help help themselves but to help Chase Elliott, and we'll get into that a little bit later, Oh, too. don't don't you get me – I don't uh, – We'll get into that oh, later. Oh, don't you dare try to ruin my birthday we'll and talk get, about that We'll crap. get into that later. Bullshit. Um, and then Nashville, obviously. Darlington gets the second race. Uh, and, and, and a note on Atlanta, the first race is going to be, I think, a 400-mile. It's not going to be 500-mile. I would expect the first Darlington race to be a 400-mile one, too, like it used to be, and not a 500-mile one. And then Nashville, of course, Nashville Super Speedway, which I'd rather them go to the Nashville Fairgrounds. That track still needs some work, though. Yeah. I think, we, I think all the fans want the Fairgrounds rather than the Super Speedway. But it's going to take a large push to get that to happen. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's pretty much breaking down the schedule. I hate it. I hate every part of the schedule. There isn't one part of it that I like. It doesn't look like the Martinsville Spring Race is going to be a night race either, which is makes me scratch my head because there was so much hype built on that You're this year. You're such a Debbie Downer on the schedule. I mean, tell me, tell me what's, tell me what's good about it. That if NASCAR says they've listened to the fans, tell me what's. What exactly they? I'll be honest. To. I'm not. I mean, I like the second Atlanta race. I like the second Darlington race. I do like going to Texas. I mean, I'm kind of in agreement with you, actually. Yeah. So it makes no. I'm not. Sense. I, okay. If we're being honest, I like more road courses because Chase is like the road course king now. So yay, might get a few more wins in the season because of that. But I'm not necessarily a big fan of the road course racing the way it has kind of become, and and some of these tracks lend themselves to getting really spread out i see the brickyard getting really spread out like the road i guarantee course. you coda gets spread the out. only thing that's going to be exciting about these road courses will be the restarts that's the only thing that's going to be exciting about that so yeah you know I, i'm really surprised they took the brickyard it's no longer i mean that's not a crown jewel race i mean road courses are essentially mile and a half with just right turns left and right turns like roval they get spread out like crazy Right. Uh, Sonoma yeah. spread out like crazy. Watkins Glen pretty spread out. So just like mile and a half, they get pretty spread out. So I uh, I don't know. It's it's like you're canceling out one evil to bring in another one. And like we get hyped on road courses. We get hyped on Watkins Glen. We get hyped on the Rebel because we only get those in Sonoma like three times a year. So you start filling it in six times a year. All right. New schedule comes out. Let's add a street course seven times a year. Let's add the Daytona Roval to you know regular thing eight times a year. That's probably it's just over it's just oversaturation to the point like too much of one thing can be can lead to oversaturation no matter how much you like it. I mean just too much of one thing can still be bad. Like I think it, I think if we race Bristol seven times a year, I think I would get get pretty tired of us seeing Bristol. Like I like Bristol because we only get it twice a year, so. The intensity and the want for it is much higher because, you know, you don't get it as often. If I'm looking at the schedule and I'm like, oh, man, we're going to do the first road course of the year here next week. 
And then we go to that road course, and then it's like, all right, when's the next one? And then two weeks later, all right, when's the next one? Four weeks later, like it's just, it's just going to lead to oversaturation. It's the same thing that happened with the mile and a half, and I believe it's going to happen to road course racing. And NASCAR is honestly, I think this is a back back end move for NASCAR to save their asses because I think that they are like, oh man, we will, and that's one of, that's partly NASCAR's problem is they'll never look within. They they'll never look within and say, you know, we screwed up on this 550 package. Instead, Steve O'Donnell has come out and said that they are royally pleased with what they've seen with the 550 package. And what's even more discouraging for the future is he said that the next gen will see a lot of like what we have seen with the 550 package. And nobody, absolutely nobody likes the 550 package. You know, it sounds like you've done nothing but complain. Yeah, That's what it sounds like. Yeah, so, exactly. Tim was right. Well, I mean, you want my opinion on this? I mean, how can you, like, how can you sit here and say that this is awesome? Like, I, I don't. Okay, understand. I, yeah, I mean, I think where we disagree is you're like, this is a disaster. This is it terrible. Is. This is going to ruin the sport. I'm kind of in a. Yeah, I don't like it, but let's see how it plays out. You know, it's not how I would pick the schedule. It's not how I would do things, but you know. But look, I'm for three gonna years, gonna watch the dirt race for three years. I want to see everybody wreck in turn one. For three, Sorry. but is okay. But is that like that goes to the integrity of racing? That's not the integrity of racing well, is not being protected. There's no such thing as that anymore because NASCAR doesn't give a crap about that. I mean, I'm NASCAR watch is turning course races because it's the first time the Cup Series ever has ever been on these. At least in NASCAR is in to the entertaining business. No, I agree. We've talked they're about not, this. Yeah, they're not. They're not in. This is no longer racing. This is straight well, entertainment. I don't know about that. I, I, I would call dirt on Bristol entertainment. I don't know that I'd call just adding a few more road courses inter- entertainment. I don't know that. I Look at the package. That. The package is just nothing but pure entertainment. But what's the package going to be after next year? A lot like a lot. A, he said the next gen is going to be a lot like what we've seen with the 550. So I assume something like that. Um, I mean, the racing was so damn bad at Darlington that Steve O'Donnell just had to give in and say, "Oh man, we got to run the 750 package here next year. We can't see another parade." I mean, pretty much what we're doing is we're going to different states and putting on a parade for four hours. Unless it's Talladega or Daytona, we're seeing a four-hour parade. No more Mardi Gras. Let's just... Actually, you know what I think they should do? Add a race in New Orleans. Get rid of Mardi Gras. Get rid of all that clown circus stuff. And let's just race right in a straight line through New Orleans. Daytona? Screw the Daytona 500. Let's just... We're, we're racing a street course in Jacksonville for the duels. And then we're just going to race a drag race from Daytona to Homestead. First one there gets pulled for Homestead. Does that sound good, NASCAR? 2022 cool. schedule? I mean, wow. three years we've been asking for more short tracks, and here we are with more road courses, uh, the best mile and a half taken away off the schedule, and dirt over the best short track. And we're loving what we're seeing. So if you guys <laughs> want to watch if you guys want to watch real racing and you know the integrity of racing actually be protected, then flip on Germany – um, 9 a.m. next Sunday, F1's racing there. If you guys want to watch some real racing, do that. And then if you guys want to watch a horse and pony show circus, then you can flip on the Roval at 2.30 um, on Sunday. Where they'll be spread out and the leader will be leading by six and a half seconds by lap 15. Okay, I think on that note, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into everything that happened at Talladega. There's well, you know, there's a lot of controversy to dive into at Talladega, and you've got that, like, light bulb over your head. I think I just missed something. i got to add something in the notes for Talladega, I believe. Oh, okay. Well, you do that while we calm ourselves down, and you take a few deep – Just sweat. breathe in and I'm out. I'm this Christmas tree. I'm breathe, starting to sweat. Breathe in and out, and we'll be right back. Crash. Trouble. <laughs> 
All right, welcome back to For the Lead. Connor's had a few minutes to cool down, uh, contain yourself. You're going to be, so better. Got... be better this segment, right? Yeah, I got so heated there that my ankle my ankle bracelet started beeping. Um, are your hands like all swollen up? No, my hands aren't swollen okay. up. Face turned a little bit red. Ankle bracelet started beeping. You had some beeping. more pimples pop up since you've been on your rant. Probably. I mean, maybe that's why. NASCAR stressed me out so much this week that they've hey, given me Hey, stress can do that, too. What, what are you stressed about? This 2021 schedule pissed me off. Ooh, you do get a little worked up over that stuff. And, you know, that's, that's what I like to call first world problems. Your biggest problem is the 2021 schedule. Well, We're all out here trying not to die from the coronavirus. Well, when you've dedicated 15 years of your life to one sport and there you're seeing them roll. I've dedicated 37 years to the day okay, to and one your favorite, sport. Okay, and your favorite driver got to keep his fifth place finish and he's got six road courses to Don't, win next year. Do not turn um, this into a fighting segment between me and you. Okay. So I've dedicated 15 years and I'm watching NASCAR royally cock themselves over All right. Year. So, so... Uh, Cup stars are at Talladega. The always crazy, well, Cup, Truck, Xfinity at Talladega. And uh, starting with Trucks first, I didn't actually watch it, but, but man, Trevor Bain almost won the race. Yeah, The I caution know. came out, and he was like, if, if it, the caution had not come out, he would have won the race. Yeah, Controversial weekend all, all around for NASCAR, it seems like. I didn't watch the truck race either. But from what it seemed like, they called a caution on the last lap because a truck hit head onto the wall, which we've seen cars hit head onto the wall and no caution. I thought so, one car was, like, uh, flipping. They yeah, the 42 was flipping down the backstretch right. last year. Yeah, no caution. No caution for a while. I mean, so Trevor was leading, and then by the time they decided to throw the caution, Christian Eckes, um, I mean, excuse me, Raphael Lassard, um was leading and got the win. Which KBM driver, they finally got a win, thank God. Maybe some taking some stress off Kyle's shoulders, who yeah, maybe that's what he's spent his weekend for. preparing Brexton to take over the 18 truck next right. year. Brexton um, may have to take over the 18 car if Kyle doesn't get a win this year. Maybe. Did I mean, you he see, might be on the outs. Did you see on Samantha's story, Brexton was signing a Kyle Busch hat for a fan at the – at one of, at no, the race that he was at this on is, this is getting Saturday. I mean this is this it's is like, getting it's like, like they've put I don't know it's like all of a sudden Brexton is this thirty year old in a what six seven year old body like Benjamin Button uh, yeah Benjamin Button so and it's like I bet you know I bet they went out for that sponsor specifically because it was the green it was Kyle's Interstate Batteries colors that's the what green, is it like Surf, Surf Pro? Pro yeah yeah. Well, I'm got, surprised Interstate Batteries is not the sponsor, to be honest with you. Right. I, I mean, they, they have the money to sponsor that little thing. Or Rowdy Energy. Right. Well, that would be money coming from Kyle. Yeah, but, I mean, he's got KBM on the suit and, and Toyota on the yeah. suit. So, I don't know. So, he's, he, that's the most sponsored kid I've ever met in my life. So, yeah. so Trevor Bain ends up second place, finally, you know, and he's going to be in the truck the rest of the year. I'd love to see him do a full truck schedule next year. Oh, yeah. He should I mean, definitely be awesome. back. Him... There's, there's a few guys who should do a full-time schedule in at least trucks and Xfinity. He's one of them. I'd like to see Greg Biffle uh, do a full season in truck or Xfinity. And A.J. Allmendinger, I mean, we've been on that, but which it seems like he does. Something else, and I don't know why series. I just thought of this, but I'll throw this in there. Bill Elliott is now going to run the SXR series. Uh, that was announced. So, I mean, that's like the Champions series. That's what's starting. So we go to Xfinity Racing. Justin Haley got his third win. He made another cocky comment <laughs> after he got out of the car. I can't stand to see his interviews. Uh, so yeah, I'm not a big fan of his. But uh, I didn't you know, know, people. I didn't know people who were that short could have a voice so. I mean, he just you know he's, so loud. he's he, did you even know what I'm talking about? I can't remember what he said, but he it was something cocky, and I I can't remember. And I was like, ah, you know. I don't know. Every time every time I've heard him speak, at the he's track clearly got a chip on his shoulder because he's got to make a point, kind of like Bubba used to. Every time he gets out of the car, you know. 
you know, like he did at Indy last year when he was like, yeah, somebody can drive. You know, it was like that type of comment. Yeah, I guess oh, I guess when you're Justin Haley, when you're that, that short and that low to the ground, you got to speak up a little louder and say a little bold things so people will hear you. So we get to the race on Sunday now at Talladega. And, I mean, every, I, of course, everybody's expecting it to be a junk fest. What have all the last researcher plate races been? They've been a junk fest. I don't know that anybody expected all the controversy. I mean, we had, what, record-breaking. I mean, more cautions than any – Ever in a, in a Talladega race. Which is nuts. And, I mean, the There's caution came out on what, lap one? Yeah. Lap Christopher one. Bell hits the wall. How do you blow – he blew a tire. How do you blow a tire? You blow a tire one? because you don't have practice. Exactly. You know, that's Thanks, NASCAR. That's another thing we're not doing next year. 28 events, no practice. That's right. That or qualifying. Right. So, yeah. just – One day shows. Ridiculous. Pocono will be a doubleheader again next, uh, next year as well, the only doubleheader race. But, so, it was a junk fest. Aggressive driving. I guess I didn't really, you know, I know they talked a lot about aggressive driving, but I didn't. I don't know that I thought it was any more aggressive than any of the other restrictor plate races or, or years in the past. I mean, I don't, didn't look any more aggressive than Joey Logano did last week at wherever. I mean. Yeah, well, and that's the, that's your usual suspect there is the 22, you know, calls it a big one, being around the big one, or throwing some crazy ass block, and uh, I think I think the one that really opened people's eyes was when he just claimed he got loose on the back straightaway and drove six lanes down the track and forced the 21 almost to go straight into the infield. Yeah, he's – I mean, you yeah, know, that's just – we were expecting that. And then, you know, who else wrecked early, which was a huge shock, and I don't think this was that same wreck with Bell, but it was um, Ricky Stenhouse. Yeah, I didn't see that wreck. You know, he, he apparently went, fenced it. Yeah, he went into the wall and, yeah. you know – it's like, good. Well, there goes his last chance to win this year. <laughs> right. So he was done. And then we get to the end of the stage. And and I'm trying to remember all these wrecks now. As yeah, I'm same. Them, I mean, if we, if we went over every all 13 cautions, we'd be here all night. Bowman hooks Amarola. Okay, this is the one where Kyle almost got you know, yeah, flown through hop. the air. He did a little bunny hop and went down and drove it. And they got it fixed. And it won. I mean, toward the end of that race, I, I, I was almost texting you. I was like, Kyle's going to get a top 10 finish here because he was 12th. With like the green white checker, yeah. You know, so he, you know, they kept fixing that car and fixing that car, and then, then it was the terrible crash, front of the field, all torn up. Kurt Busch hit that wall just like Dale Senior did, but there was a car close enough to him where it didn't send his car like Seniors. Yeah. I mean, it threw it up in the air, but he hit that wall just like Dale Earnhardt did back in 1996. He went surfing. If it wasn't if it wasn't for the 41 being under the one car, yeah, uh, he would have. Yeah, he he would have went surfing. What we were talking about yesterday in the in the group chat was what about he almost hit the flag stand? Oh, like, did he? What what would have happened if I he would have pay hit, that much attention? Because I was would, in the kitchen when I heard the big wreck happening. What would have happened if he would have hit the flag stand? I mean, it would have killed. I've always wondered guys. about that. Like that has got to be the most dangerous job at a like. I've always thought there is no need for a flag man anymore. Eh. I mean, you can just have a big LED light that sits there. That, yeah, that is, that is true. I mean, NASCAR has eliminated so many jobs. I mean, yeah. Why do we have the flag, flag man, man when you can just have a big LED light wrapped around you know the flag stand? I don't. That way, I mean, Newman, he at Daytona this I mean, year when he crashed, he almost took. Are the flag you seriously in. like? And, and what is the purpose of this move over flag? I mean, that's it's like it's just it's like busy work. It's like busy work for them to do so they can justify paying them because it's like when when the race is going on, all I'm seeing is that flag man wave that move over flag to like lap down cars and nobody ever pays attention to it at all. Does, well, I mean, does the flag even mean anything? Well, clearly Joey, Joey Gase and Quinn Half 
Don't know what uh, Quinn got for. a top 15 finish at Talladega, so he is his career is on the upswing, okay? Yeah, well, uh, you know, when we're not at the restrictor plate race, you know, Quinn Half, Joey Gase, um, Garrett Smithley, the, the typical suspects, they don't know what any flag looks like. They don't know what lane to pick. This was the race, though, that really eliminated, I mean, almost everybody that needed a good race. Yeah. I mean, they all got in wrecks except one guy who, who, who you know, got through it all, and I was really surprised. I mean, Chase Elliott missed everything. He got through everything. Well, I mean, and he's, he's, he's got the golden horseshoe. I mean, how could he? Oh, shit. How could he not? Well, same thing with William Byron, too. I was, you know, Byron got through everything yesterday. He did. But I want to go Poor back. Jimmy didn't. Poor yeah. Jimmy didn't. And I want to go back to that crash where Jimmy got wrecked by the 14. How many times is the 14 going to wreck the 48 this yeah. year? My God. Um, but, yeah, that, that wreck, I mean, they're wrecking for half a lap. The wreck's damn near over with. And here comes Kyle Busch and, you know, hitting the brakes, swerving and crashing into everybody on, you know, when the wreck's halfway over with. So that he gets into a second crash of the day, gets and then, cleaned out. And I'm not sure where we are at the race. How many green-white checkers were there? Two? I don't know. But That was a long race. At one point, you know, Chase had the lead. He, I thought he was going to win the race, and then the caution came out again. He may not have leather. He may have run out of gas because he had no, to he flip his switch. He had to come down pit so, road. And then the caution came out, and he had to come down pit road. Still got back up there. But, you know, that was like everybody was starting to run out of gas. The 21, I thought, was going to run out of gas, too. And he didn't end up pitting, did he? No, he didn't. No. And so then we get to the last lap. Well, let's go back to the wreck that uh, Tyler Reddick just shoves the 18 through the tri-oval. And that's that's what led to, I believe, the last caution is going, you know, totally cleaned out. Kyle Busch cleaned, wrecked Brad Keselowski, took Harvick out of it, took Blaney out of it, and that was Kyle's third wreck of the day, and he got the hat trick. So the uh, (laughs) SBT uh, TF goes to Kyle Busch this week for performing the hat trick and getting involved in pretty much every big one that there was yesterday. And Kyle hates it when he's right. He hates it when he's right. He's going to go into Roval. He's going to cruise around. He's probably going to slap the fence. He's probably going to spin out, and he'll be eliminated after next Sunday. And you know what? I'm perfectly fine with it. Get me out of here. Think I, I want him out so NASCAR can quit beating the dead horse of Kyle Busch not having a great year. Like, golly, tell us something we don't know. Okay, so then we get to this last lap. And I'll t- I'm so sick and tired of Denny Hamlin being like half a straightaway back from the leaders on the last lap at a restrictor plate race and somehow winning it just like he did the Daytona 500 this year. Happen. I watched a, a replay of that lap, and they're going down the back straightaway, and he's like 20 or 30 car lengths away from the lead. And, no, and it's like, he's 20 or 30. No, I'm exaggerating. He's probably but 10 feet out of the lead. Not 10 feet out of the lead, no. He's at least 10 car lengths out of the lead going down the back stretch, and it's like somehow finds a way to win. But, but here's what happened. So they go into turn three and four. And who was behind De Benedetto? Or who did he slide? I mean, somebody. The 20. It was the- so it was the 20. And he slid up to block the 20. But then he went down to block the who? Joey Logano to block the 24. 24. And when he did that, Denny Hamlin. And the 17 was beside Hamlin. And the 17 was beside him. When he did that, Denny Hamlin turned left and... I mean, and he turned a big left. This wasn't just like I'm skirting with the apron. He went two or three car lengths below the apron, drove past everybody to a degree, and came to the line probably about two feet ahead of Matt DiBenedetto. Yeah. Okay, and I saw that as it was happening, and I immediately said to myself, okay, 
there's no way they're going to let Denny Hamlin win this race. I, I don't even know what your opinion is on this because we haven't talked about it. I mean, I watched the replay and I said, okay, he was, I don't even think he was forced down below the yellow line. And his story was, well, they were wrecking. Nobody wrecked. So he goes down below the yellow line and not only does he, you know, hold his position, he makes a pass for the lead and wins the race below the yellow line. Explain to me how that's fair. I mean, it's not, but hey, guess what? Honestly, at this point, I put nothing past NASCAR. So then NASCAR says, as Matt Benedetto is bawling his eyes out in his interview, I mean, God, is he ever going to win a race? And what's going to happen if he does? I mean, he was just like, whew. And then as as soon as they wrap up the interview, then Rick Allen comes on and says, well, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but NASCAR is going to penalize the 21 car for forcing somebody below the yellow line. And then Chase, who came across the line in fifth, and I'm like, okay, finally, he's like plus 40 to the good. I'm like, okay, this is great. They're going to penalize Chase for going below the yellow line to pass a car coming to the checkered flag. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Of course, Chase was still probably plus 20, 21 to the good at that point. So I was like, all right. So, you know, all that happens. So do you agree with do you agree with those two calls before we talk about what happened with Chase? Do you agree with the Benedetto call? I mean, this is the last lap. You're blocking for the lead. How do you, uh, how do you, I mean. Well, he did, did Benedetto force the 24 below the yellow line? Yeah, that should have been a pit on But did, did he force him or could the 24 have just let off and not? There's no way, off? you're not let. you're not getting off the gas coming out of four. Either, either you, either you drive slightly below the yellow line and almost spin out, which is the 24 almost did. Or you just stay straight and you send the 21s to straight to the grandstands. Okay. So that's the two options. There. So, so you're agree you're in agreement with that penalty the way it's written. Yeah, 21. So Chase Elliott. Then let's go to Chase now. So Chase gets penalized for going below the yellow line to make a pass. Looked like to me though it was a split second. I mean he kind of, kind of got that bumper and that bumper of that car moving down sent him below the yellow line and he just kept his foot in it. What's your thought on that call? As it as it stand as it stood at that moment, then penalizing him and and and, um, and this was not being forced below the yellow line. This was he went below the yellow line and to advance his position. I think he should have been penalized. So you think he should have been penalized? Yeah, and I'll take it back to two thousand eight. Well, what's the difference in what what Chase's situation and and uh, De Benedetto's? De Benedetto should have been penalized as well. They both should have been penalized. De Benedetto drove all the way down the track. No, De Benedetto forced somebody below the line. So I guess my question is, and I don't know. I don't know who Chase was passing that forced him below the yellow line. Who, whoever it was, he didn't force Chase below the yellow line, but De Benedetto did force Byron below the yellow line. Yeah, because there was. I mean, did you not see the contact between the twenty-one and twenty-four? Yeah, and I also saw the contact between the nine and the other car. Okay, but I think the contact was slight, and the nine drove way below the yellow line, and then just kept driving below the yellow line to finish. Okay, I think they all should have been, the eleven should have been every single damn one of them should have been. Penalized. Oh, I think I, I agree. Twenty four should have won the race. I think the eleven should have been penalized. I'm I'm in a I'm okay. I'm, I'm I think the eleven should have been penalized, and maybe the nine the should have been penalized. The, okay, the eleven in the. I don't the, think the, the 21 con- should have been penalized. The contact between the 17 and the 9 and the 17 and the 11 were the exact same, and they both, the 9 and the 11, took the exact same route of just driving even more below the yellow line. So I think they all should have been penalized. And here's the funny thing. Even before that, Chase went below the yellow line 
earlier in the race, and I don't know, they made a, must have made a ruling on it because the caution came out and he was the leader. And I, I, I was doing something and I got back in here and, you know, they kept his position. But here's what I didn't realize could happen. After the race, I didn't realize that you can pull out your notebook and you can write a written appeal. I didn't know that either. And then you can get $1,000 and you show up to the NASCAR hauler with your written appeal and your $1,000. Who the hell's carrying around $1,000? A $1,000 check or something. I don't know. So, so Chase and, 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 and Allen or whoever from the nine team walked into the NASCAR hauler with $1,000 and a written appeal and said, we want this looked at immediately and this is our appeal. I didn't know any of that. That sounds like 1970s stuff to me. I didn't know it, that could even happen. Well, I think they just realized and, it's Chase Elliott and it's Talladega. But you have like 20 minutes. You have a window. There's only like 20 minutes from the time the race stops. So clearly, I mean, they know somebody knows the rules pretty good. I mean, so they did that immediately. And then, of course, I guess it was an hour or two later that, that they rescinded the Chase Elliott rule, got his fifth place finish. They then penalized, I guess it was Chris Busher, so it was. They penalized Busher for forcing Chase below the yellow line. Yeah, but I'll tell you what. 17 should have been penalized. 21 should have been penalized. The 9 should have been penalized. The 11 should have been penalized. Every single damn one of them. Penalized Busher too? Yeah, penalized Bush because uh, he forced the 11 and he forced the 9 below the L line. Same thing so with if the you're 21. Forcing, okay, that doesn't make any sense, though. If you're going to penalize the 17 for forcing Chase below the yellow line, why are you going to penalize Chase if he's being forced below the yellow line? Because he can, just like Denny, he continued to drive a lane and a half below the L line and didn't try and come up off the track when he could. Was there enough time to do that? You're right at the start-finish line. It's NASCAR's discretion. Go back to 2008, Regan Smith very much forced below the L line by Tony Stewart and had to drive up there and even came back up on the yes. track and won the race. I, 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 you're right about that, but you're There is a lot, there is a lot more forcing drivers below the yellow line than there are drivers intentionally going below the yellow line to making a pass. And NASCAR in the past has, has more so in the past called it on the driver that's gone below the yellow line and not really focused on the forcing below them. They made a lot more forcing below the yellow line rules in the, in the last couple of years than they have in the past. So that's, I mean, that's interesting. I think, yeah, I think Regan Smith should have won that race easily. And if he's the winner of that race, then Hamlin, I thought they were going to take the win. I, I thought know. they were going to take the win from Hamlin. I can't believe they didn't do it. I mean, so obviously, you know, everybody's, you know, it's like, what, what do you say about the finish? I mean, here's what Dale Jr. Said, just get rid of yellow line rule. What do you think about that? I've been yeah, saying that. I for don't years. know. Why, why not? You didn't grow up with the yellow line rule like I did, not being around like I did. Yeah, but didn't we create the yellow line for a reason? We created, I've said this before, we created the yellow line rule because Dale Earnhardt got killed and the cars weren't safe and it eliminated the chances of wrecks and, and massive crashes that could kill people. Junior does hit a point when he says that he doesn't think getting rid of the yellow line is going to stop as many you know, cars. It's not. Up tearing no, up. I, don't, I don't think it will either. And, you know... But it's no longer a safety the issue. Blocking, the blocking and the aggressive moves is a product of what NASCAR is rolling out to these drivers. They're giving them stages where they have to be aggressive. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're giving them stages. And, you know, at the end of the race, everybody's going to be aggressive. So these guys are just really acting on what NASCAR is rolling out for them. Well, and, and it's NASCAR is not happy with the race. NASCAR says they need to change the racing because they're not happy with, with it. 
Um, you know, they're they're wrecking too many cars. <laughs> Tony Stewart said. Are they are they just now realizing this? So they're they're not happy with with wrecking this many cars and the number of restrictor plate races that we've had not. this year. So. Do you see Gluck's poll? I mean, it was, uh, it was more of approval. I'm surprised they're not happy about that. I mean, so here's my question. You know, you, you got all these different things for different. Do you get rid of? Do you get rid of stage points at the restrictor plates? Well, that eliminates some of the wrecking if you get rid of stage points. I I don't know if you get rid. I don't know if getting rid of stage points eliminates the wrecking because I think if you get rid of stage points and we're gonna have or stages and stage points, it's a double-edged sword because if you get rid of those two. Then you know what we're gonna have? We're gonna have a single file line of guys just cruising until the last twenty laps, and that because there's gonna be no point to race. There's there's on lap seventy six. There's gonna be no point to try and split it three wide and you know push some guy. Through I'm just the throwing that as an idea. I don't necessarily. Yeah, support yeah, I know. It. But, but there's gonna be no point of of racing. Do you try to get back to the racing the way it was in the nineties at restrictor plate racing, where you know you had to get a run on somebody? I mean, you had to be behind them for a while, and then you could pass them with like one car. No, behind you know you why? Because that would make sense, and that'd be real racing, and that's not that's not NASCAR's product anymore. Their product is entertainment. Dale Jr. would he said it before. He, 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 he doesn't like this. He wouldn't win a lot of races if if the, the racing was like this when he was coming up. He would not have nearly as many of the wins, oh, and the, neither would senior. They would not have nearly as many wins as they, as they did at restricted plate racing if the wins were like this. Um, I don't know what the answer is. Yeah, and clearly NASCAR doesn't know either. So, but it's a product of what they rolled out, and NASCAR wants to look to these guys and say they're driving too aggressive, but they will not look within to themselves and realize that this is just a product of what they're rolling out. They're putting these giant-ass spoilers on these cars where we got Kyle Busch's car that looks like a modified is able to hang around in the pack because of the giant spoilers and the draft coming off of that. Alex Bowman's car, too, would look pretty exactly. rough, too. And well, look so, at uh, Eric Jones, who won the Clash this yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. Oh so, I mean, it's literally a product of what NASCAR's rolling out, and they want to point the blame. You know, these guys are too aggressive. They're not listening to the rules. Well, look within. Look what you're giving them. So... I think it it all boils back. It all circulates back to NASCAR, and whether they'll realize it, probably not. They're not they never really look within to themselves anyways. So here's where we stand now after Talladega. Kyle Busch, Clint Boyer, I think they're both both minus 21 yeah, or I something. Yeah, I think Kyle just got Eric Amarola, Austin Dillon, all on the outside looking in as you go to the row. It would appear that they're all in must-win situations, although there are scenarios where – Hey, Kyle finishes first or second, the first or Kyle, any of them finish first or second, the first two stages, and some drivers don't get stage points. There's your 20 points right there you make up potentially. So. Well, I think Kyle's got the most shot to just race his way in because he's only like, a, what, 12, 14? Right. Or maybe more now because. Well, he's 21. 21 now. I mean, yeah, screw it. Must win. We ain't winning. So we go to the Roval. What do you think that race is going to be like? Spread out. Spread. Who do you think is going to win that race? Chase Elliott. He's starting on the front row, which I was excited to see. Denny Hamlin going to be on the pole. Too. Chase Elliott going to start second. Uh, obviously, I'm going to pick Chase Elliott to win the race. <laughs> really hope he does. Although, you know, this could be the race he wrecks out of and doesn't, you know, doesn't do anything. But I mean, you think we're, you think this is the final four the, that are out? You're, you think somebody's going to sneak in and, and get in from this list? Who's got the best shot? Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch got the best I don't, shot. I'm not. I mean, <laughs> you look at that list and. You got bona fide scrubs. You got Austin Dillon, Eric Amarola, Clint Boyer, and then you got a two-time champion. I mean, in, in, in any situation like that, I would look at a two-time champion. I mean, it just yeah. Who I, I'd take him over the three any day, but it's gonna be a tall mountain to climb for any of them. And Kyle doesn't seem too uh, confident about that. Yeah. So. 
Going home. Ooh, any other final thoughts before we wrap up this podcast? I think that's it. I think that's it. What next week? What do we got? Kansas. Next so we'll week, know next week the, f- the final eight as uh, the round of eight as they get ready. Yeah. Okay, Chase uh, Elliott. I'm gonna say it on record now. For winning the race, if you and Alan G don't royally screw it up. If you it's don't all about pit them. strategy. They get the pit strategy right, they'll be fine. Well, and if Chase doesn't blow Here's right my, through a Harper yeah, and turn, some drivers are going to be going stage points. Some drivers are going to be going for the win, and. My guess is what happens is Chase is going to get, forget about all the stage points and he's going to come out before the end. Of, and then so when the caution comes out, everybody else pits. He comes but what out do you do when you're Kyle Busch when you need both? When potentially you could point your way in, but I you think really need to win. Stage points. I think he's going to do that. So Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know if he even shows up. And it also depends on what the ones around him do too, if they'll be watching those. So. Oh, yeah. You know they're going to be playing off each other. So. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this podcast. We hope you found it very entertaining. And uh, we will talk to you again next week. Crash. Trouble.